Am I strong? It's a question that maybe you haven't asked yourself ever or in a really long time. Or maybe you've thought of it in a way of a physical strength. I'm not talking about that. We're really talking about the strength of your mind, of your spirit. Is the person inside you strong? Or are you just fulfilling that strength through outward strength? Today's guest is George Stoymanov. George was so honest, so upfront, so vulnerable in his discussion about is he strong? I think you're going to be really interested in hearing what George has to say. So without further ado, George Stoymanov. Okie dokie, man. We're here, George. We made it. We made it. <laughs> How are you doing today, man? Good, good. Yes. Thank you. Great. Where are you from originally? What's the accent? Bulgaria. Originally from Bulgaria, but been living in the UK for about 10 years now. Oh, wow. How do you like living in the UK? Oh, I love it. It's a special place. It's an amazing place. What do you like about it so much? I love its deep roots going back in time. I love how people who live here are actually not just, they don't just have a history. They're rooted in history. They're rooted in, in, in the sacrifices of the previous generations and in, in the, everything that was good about the previous generations. They somehow hold on to it. And I love this about it. And also I love, I love it's funny, but I actually love the weather. Uh, <laughs> obviously not when it rains too much, but I can't stand the extremes. I was born and grown up having a very cold winter and very hot summer, and, and it's a bit too much. And here, it's perfect. You don't, you don't need to adapt. <laughs> it's just perfect for me. <laughs> you it's just strange. like that. It is strange, because I hear a lot of people, they're like, oh, the weather in the UK, it's a lot of rain, dark, dark you know, like gray sky, stuff like that. You know? It can get a bit like that, but I live in Eastbourne, which is um, down on the English Channel on the coast, and that's the sunniest, apparently, the sunniest spot in the whole of UK, so I guess I'm lucky. <laughs> you sound like me. I live in Blaine, Washington, and it's, uh, you know, Seattle, everybody's like, oh, Washington just rains all the time, which is not true. Where I'm at is called a place called Semiamu. It's called Hole in the Sky, because there's <laughs> a lot of sun here, a lot more sun than in most of Washington. So it's sunny right now. It's beautiful out here. Wonderful. So I guess we have a similar thing going on. Yes, yes. Must Let's have. talk fitness, man. I know you contacted me, and uh, first of all, I thank you for that. Um, I love when people reach out and want to be on the show. Tell me about your history with fitness. Well, that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about, and it's something new because I haven't done it yet in the public domain, so that will be something, that will be an experiment. But Okay, um, I love it. Yes, well, so here we go. Now, here we go. I work with men, so I guess you could say I specialize in men and, and, and how we develop. And how we do develop is through a father, through the input of other men, including physically. We need to be encouraged in physical pursuits. So growing up with my dad, bless him, my dad, a bit of history about my dad. He, um, he grew up in the heyday of Bulgarian communism, the really tough times. He went to work abroad. He worked in Siberia when he was in mm. his late 20s. For six years, he worked there. And he came home. Uh, even more, I wouldn't say negative, but but just he had to grow up very fast. That's the to sum up his life, and um, he didn't have too much time for intimacy, physical intimacy. He's great in terms of you know providing and protecting and all that, but um, in terms of involvement, in terms of actually providing this masculine touch and encouragement, saying come on son, that's how we kick the ball, that's how we throw it, that's how we do it. I never had that. I just had some verbal encouragement, say go and do it. Because I couldn't do it, I didn't even try. I knew that I wasn't going to be a man like him. From very early age, I was so intimidated by him. And it's funny because he never laid a finger on me. But his whole presence, his whole toughness, having to grow up so early, was scary for me. I wasn't welcome in the world of men. I wasn't made, made one of the men. Say, hey, you're here. You're one of us. You grow up to become one of us. Uh, I just felt alienated. I felt gra I gravitated more towards, towards my mom. And, you know, I had a cat instead of a dog and all that. Anyway, 
as a result of that, I never felt confident to to go and play football in class. I did a few times. They laughed at me, and then I knew I knew my role in the pecking order. I was going to be just a clown to make people mm. laugh. And I accepted. I, I adopted that. I just I stayed away from team sports because then you don't want to let the other people down. Then they laugh at you even more. So I just became the class clown. And um, I hid behind that persona. We all have masks we hide behind, unfortunately. That's the world. We have to survive. And um, But at the age of 15, uh, again, being alienated from my dad and not having any sort of sense of strength, any courage to stand up for myself, to, to defend myself with words or physically. If I, had, I, I didn't have that. My dad, however, did. And uh, because I knew I wasn't like him, I didn't even try to be like that. I knew I wasn't like him. So at the age of 15, this boy confronted me and he clearly he was a bully. He, he needed someone to to, yeah, uh, yeah. to bully. And uh, I didn't have it in me to fight back in any way, not even with words. So he gave me a black eye. Going home, um, it was just a shame. I was 15. I just started to explore uh, the, the nightlife, if you will, in my little village. It's a little village, about 900 houses. We all know one another, but in the summer vacation was buzzing. And my dad was there. He wasn't asleep yet. I, I come way before my curfew and he saw the black guy and said, hey, who did that? And I told him who did it. And he, he tried to do the fatherly thing and encourage me. But instead of that, he said, listen, you shouldn't let them do this to you. Tomorrow, after tomorrow, you need to go out and get them. Uh, I know these guys. You, you beat them up. But yeah. <laughs> It wasn't about that with me. It wasn't about the physical. Uh, this guy, one of these guys, he wasn't bigger than me or anything. It, it was about the warrior spirit inside of me. It, it was about what was lacking in me. Not so much about like I'm able to throw a punch. And uh, I just I didn't need that from my dad. I just needed to know I'm okay. I still belong. I'm, I'm still strong. We lose or win. That was just a loss and I could do better or, or whatever was appropriate at the time. I didn't know. I didn't need another put down. Instead of lifting me up out of shame, he added shame onto me. And I remember looking down. That was a long time ago, 20 years ago. I, I remember looking down and just, I remember the color of my clothes, everything I wore, and just cursing myself, thinking, you little worm. You're a boy. You're never going to be a man. You're never going to grow up. You'll never be like him. I just wish you'd die. And, and then I raise up another self instead of you. And literally, that's what I did. The very next day, after the shame, the shame stayed with me, of course. I started to lift weights. I found some some rusty wheels in the backyard and started lifting them and building up my arms. Naturally, it's the arms, what people yeah. see. It's the arms, it's the chest, is the show muscles. I didn't care yeah. about the go muscles. I didn't care about becoming athletic, having more mobility and, and strength and, and just, just ability. I didn't care about any of that. I cared about hating myself so much that I wanted to change myself into someone that I like better, someone who looked like the Incredible Hulk. And, uh, and keeping those people away from me, fooling others and fooling myself. So my history with fitness, for the next five years, I just developed my own little program, just building up those muscles who people could, people could see. Yes, I did some legs, but, but that's, I didn't care too much. I never did deadlifts. I, I tried it. Oh, well, my back didn't take it very well. I didn't want to get into it. I didn't want to get into the mechanics of, of the ins and outs, of maybe doing corrective stretching, correcting your posture, uh, mm -hmm. hip flexors, glutes, none of that. I just cared about getting big and becoming the version of myself that I liked as opposed to what I knew I actually was, which wasn't true. So just gym stuff, bodybuilding stuff. I got quite big, not exactly bodybuilding big, but very big. Uh, about 90 kilos, and um, I lived like that. But what I didn't know, I wasn't aware of how mind and body cooperate and how how many issues I actually had to keep down. Literally, I was 17 or 18 years old. I had to take, on a regular basis, um, I had to pop pills for acids, yeah. all these indigestions, heartburn, whatever you want to call it, and I developed a chronic back pain. But of course, you talk to someone like my father, he said, oh, well, I've got the same. That's it. That's chronic. That's how it's going to be. You either have it or you don't have it. See, that that mentality is just this is it. It's, that's the Bulgarian fatalism for you. Ah. So at the age of 20, if you look at a photo of me, I had big arms. I looked all right. Uh, but I had this this chronic back pain that will literally cripple me for days. And then I had to I had these this stomach problems and a bunch of other things. So on the outside, I had the shell of someone who was doing well. Right. Inside, 
including spiritually and mentally, but also physically, I was a mess. I was a mess. Yeah. In many ways. So, wow. um, yeah, do you want to ask another question or I can just keep going? No, no, no. I, I, I certainly, I just, you know, part of it is just listening and questions just come to me as people talk to me, you know, and I think for a lot of people who come on my show, it's about healing too and letting them tell their story and get through it. Cause like yourself, for a lot of people, it's their first time telling their story on a public forum. Mm-hmm. I don't want to interrupt that. I want you to keep moving on and it'll naturally come. So, mm, yeah. yeah, well, to me, the change on the outside started following the change of the inside. I had quite a few experiences while moving into the UK with a girl whom I loved uh, and still do because thankfully she's my wife, but um, I found that I couldn't do relationship. I was totally deprived of, of any form of intimacy. It's funny, yeah. I was great. I was great with all my girlfriends when there were still new girlfriends. Oh, I was yeah. the gentleman. I, yeah. was, I was everywhere, I was doing everything for them. As soon as they started to know me, is that thing, that unresolved trauma we all have with my, yes. you know, but in this case it was with my mom. So as soon as the, the woman, the archetype of a woman starts to get too close to you, she becomes your mom and then you pull away and then you go and you look for, uh, for greener pastures, if you will. So I decided to make it work with this girl. And uh, to do that, I had to go through hell. Instead of running away, we, we both started facing it, but especially me. And it's funny, the anger that I didn't have to resist bullies or, or to even speak my mind to a, to a work meeting. I didn't have any form of strength. I was a spineless man, but everyone loved me because they thought I was a nice guy. And I went yeah. out of my way to please everyone, but actually because I was I was fearful of confrontation. It's so easy to be nice when you haven't got any other options. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I was. That's not nice. That's yeah. just uh, no. no. So that anger actually started coming up against the person whom I loved the most. Mm. And it was murderous and it was scary. And this is when I was forced to start looking deep under the bonnet, under the, the hood. And um, and I had some interesting experience. But what made the difference, most of all, was accessing some emotions that I didn't know I had. They were buried. And they were anger, unspoken things against my father. I worshipped my dad. But I had to access things. There was a little boy inside of me who actually didn't worship my dad. He was afraid of him, and he hated him, and he hated me as well. So yeah. I had to make peace with him and allow him to express and I found that through some of these expression exercises, like uh, this amazing power will, will be released from inside, including like power to to punch, to hit this pillow or a punch back, whatever. I've, I've done all sorts of crazy things. But through this, this boy came alive and he became integrated into, into the whole. And I became lighter in many ways. So gradually, I stopped lifting weights. Actually, mm. for about one, one and a half years, I stopped completely cold turkey to face my own self-hatred. Every wow. morning I look at myself. I had to do it at the end. It had you come just to stopped. That. You just stopped lifting weights. Like you were there in the gym one day and the next, boom, no more lifting weights. Yes, but I was already years into that journey, into the inner journey. Yeah. So I knew what I was doing. I knew that eventually I'll have to stop because this cosmetic, this addiction to the cosmetic was just too much. My wife would say to me, listen, you're unbearable today. Go to the gym. Go do your workout because after that you'll be an angel. And it's true. It's like having that heroin fix. And yeah. when people tell me, oh, yeah, it's a good addiction. It's not a good addiction. There's no such thing. Addiction is an addiction. Instead of being addicted to looking a certain way and looking at my biceps, you know, when I'm uh, in front of a, a car mirror or whatever, you know, it's just funny. I'm a grown man. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I agree with that. Totally agree. I think there's a tremendous amount of people who are passing off exercise uh, in an extreme form as just, oh, what's the good thing? It's a good problem to have. Like, what's a good problem, actually? Yeah. I don't know a good problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's yeah. a problem. That's why it's called a problem. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's rooted in self-hatred. It's rooted mm-hmm. in self-hatred. And if people don't believe me, I tell my friends, well, try and skip a workout. And then look at yourself. Obviously, with one workout, one workout, nothing happens. Your yeah, body sure. doesn't become weaker or smaller. But try and look at yourself. See you how if you oh I'm getting smaller I've had this because I used to work as a security guard in nightclubs mm-hmm. that was my heyday that was that that this is when my false personality was at its highest I thought life was great everyone bought the lie and I bought the lie about myself yeah. I thought I was 
And then, of course, most of my friends were all into muscles. And we had the same addiction. They say, oh, man, look at me. I'm small now. I haven't been in the gym this week. I say, you mean you're smaller because I haven't been in the gym this week? That's crazy. But yeah. it's in the mind. So at the end, I knew. I knew how bad it was, and I had to let it go. So is, is that, it's an old biblical concept of um, mm-hmm. lose your life to find your life. Of course. I decided to, to lose my life. I mean, I've done it in many other areas, but this one was 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 vital. And then I wake up in the morning and look at myself and almost like you see your, your belly softer and, and sort of floppy. And it's, it's real for you. It's real in the mind. So I remember hating myself. And this is when the person in the mirror, the little boy behind those eyes was saying to me, you see how much you hate me? See what mm. you did to me? With all your weightlifting, with all your... Uh, when you were feeling so happy about yourself, you left me behind and I am your heart. Mm. I am the person who you were born to be. Instead of developing me and taking me on this journey so, so we'll be together, you left me behind and you tried to survive without me. And it's funny, after age of 15, I remember distinctly how some things, they just went away from my life. One is my love for nature. You know, growing up in the Bulgarian countryside, I'm surrounded by nature. There's eagles in the sky, there's storks, there's lizards and snakes. If you keep your eyes open, even today, there's so much there. At the age of 15, I left all this behind. I never went fishing again until until I was 24, I think. Uh, even even more, even later. Uh, and, uh, and recently, about 10 years ago, after all these moments of awakening I had, I started going back and rediscovering nature. But that boy inside of me, I hated him so much that I actually uh, put him into a dark dungeon, like a grave, and I didn't want to see him. I didn't want to... Every time when I felt a bit childish in front of people, in front of beautiful women or, or men who were masculine and strong, I just hated myself. So I just went and did cocaine or had another drink, and I was yeah. good again. I was good again, keeping that lid on, that mask on. So... Um, yeah, wow. my addiction is blown. Now, have you talked to your father about all these things? You guys talked about it, the little boy inside, and how his presence made you feel growing up? I wish we could one day because um, we haven't yet. We haven't yet. I mean, I've touched on things. I've touched on things, but not directly me. That me. We. I confront him. Quite often I confront him. We confront one another, but not, not about the past because... What happens is those people grew up in the communism. They, yeah. they grew up with a survival mindset. So for them, if you didn't abandon your family, if you kept earning, if you didn't go out drinking all day, you're actually a good father. And to a degree, I can see in that society, yeah, he did it makes more sense than his based off of that. Yeah. He did more than his best. You know, um, what's the name of that scientist guy? Maslow. I think it was Maslow. Yeah, He's Maslow. This yep. mm-hmm. human need, you know, pyramid. So when you take a nation and a family and an environment that's sort of low, on that pyramid, uh, we're not talking spiritual things. We're not talking fulfillment. We're just talking about be a good man, have enough money, provide for your family, uh, don't fool around, don't do stupid things, and you'll be fine. So that's where they come from. And uh, to suddenly bombard him with these things, we send him the wrong message. Like he was not a yeah. good father, and he was a better father than his dad, who wasn't even present. Again, it wasn't his mm. fault because of other things. But um, of course, he's got a responsibility, and I've, I've in my psyche between me and that little boy, I've dealt with him. I've dealt with his shadow mm. side. I really have uh, expressed things towards him. Whom, If I told him these things now, he'd probably go, go mad. Uh, I would never do this to him now. But there's part of him that is dark. There's part of him that has full responsibility to what he did or didn't do. And I've dealt that between me and me and I've forgiven him. Not yes. just to say, oh, it wasn't his fault. Oh, he lived in, in tough times. No, no, no. That little boy wants justice. Because there were fathers who did far more than my father. So yeah. he could have done his best. But the truth is that, part of the truth, of course, is that he just couldn't be bothered. Like yeah. me, I come through the door, I've got two little girls. I'm just feeling, I've done my thing for today. I've seen clients, I've been busy, leave me alone. But I have to sometimes push myself because I see how easy it is for me to slip into that old thing. So I am responsible. I'm responsible, and so is my father. So don't get me wrong when I talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't saying, oh, it didn't matter. Yeah, he was actually a good man. No, forgiveness mm-hmm. means expressing all your hate, getting in touch with it, expressing it, and then saying, yes, it mattered. Yet you hurt me so much, and I let it go because I'm not going to judge you anymore. I'm not your judge. Yeah. If I keep judging you, I'm only going to be hurting myself. The person that I want to punish is not even here anymore. He was, he, he was not alive anymore. He was back then. 
Yeah. So um, I've, I've done business with him and we're easy, but I totally get what, where you're coming from. And I'm hoping and praying that the moment will come where I'll be, lay, I'll be able to lay a few more cards on the table between me and my dad. I hope it well, happens. It sounds like you're doing it like little by little over time, like little dropping things little by little here, but not being outright like, hey, let me drop this whole thing on you. It wouldn't seem to be the right approach anyways, based no. off of where he's come from. I mean, that's that's a whole different life growing yes, yes. in a, com a communist-based environment. Oh, yeah. And it took me 10 years, a deep, dark journey for 10 years to, uh, to arrive at where I'm now. Now imagine taking all this baggage that I've collected for 10 years because it was too hard for me to face at once and just dumping it on him. That would be cruel. That would be... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. So when you stopped exercise, it's incredible that you just stopped exercise and you had this very, sounds like a very consistent gym exercise habit. And then it was just like, hey, I'm not doing this. And how long did that last again that you just well, one, you stopped doing that? One and a half years, nearly two years. But um, then other things happened. I learned to swim. A friend of mine taught me how to swim. Mm -hmm. I could never swim before. I was so rigid mentally and also physically. And in the, it runs in my family, but it doesn't anymore. I broke this. I, I went for a week to stay with a friend of mine in Cyprus who's got a swimming pool. And um, he's been a mentor of mine for a long time. And he just gave seven to eight hours a day for me in that water. And we broke through some of the mental barriers and, and we broke to the physical too. And I came back lighter, literally. I could swim now. And I live by the sea. I enjoy the water. Yeah. So that thing happened. Also, I started to just explore my body. Where is it tight? What's been my biggest problem? Well, look at the, the back pain that everyone says, well, that's how it is. Well, it isn't actually because I discovered that I had very tight hip flexors, right. especially on the right-hand side. And I started doing stretching to improve those and suddenly I could walk better. I could even breathe better. Also my glutes were very tight from all the sitting and all the tightness. Yeah. And I started stretching them. I did that for a year, just stretching hip flexors and glutes, just incorporating this into my to my daily life. Now the year after I started strengthening the glutes. So being out of all the weightlifting, all my routine that makes me feel better actually enabled me to develop my body the way it should have been developed when I was a boy. Yes. And um discover play, childlikeness, breathing, deep breathing, exercise like a stomach vacuum to, to, to strengthen my core, not only on the outside to have that six pack, but actually to be strong inside, yeah. just like the soul, just like the soul and body works. First, you need to work on your soul and then the body will follow. But we're so preoccupied with the external. We just want the quick, uh, big biceps and a six pack. <laughs> we don't worry about how strong really are. It was so funny. I went to this, um, um, what do you call it, uh, physiotherapist. And he said, and that was when I was lifting the weights. He said, um, you've got weak core. And I said, you kidding me? I literally punched myself in the stomach. <laughs> Does that look weak? You're like, look at this. Come on. On the inside. Yes. And, uh, and so that's what got me going to actually discover how to strengthen that. But I must say that I had a transition and I returned to the gym for a while, but I wasn't doing bodybuilding anymore. I discovered strength training instead of bodybuilding. Yes. You probably you probably know about, um, you know, the old five by five routines. Yes. So I discovered that. Of course, before I couldn't, I thought I couldn't do um, deadlifts and squat because they hurt my back. But now, since I knew why my back was the way it was, I started to prepare myself to actually build this, this so basic, so fundamental to human movement exercises. And I started following this routine and I had to work through some pain and I had to stretch before and after and all that. But I built up very significant strength. My legs started to grow. My hips expanded. I became more solid, even though I didn't have, I was so tired after each training. I didn't have time to do my arms. So it was so yeah. funny. I was, I was getting solid, but actually smaller. And uh, when I went back to Bulgaria, people would see me in a t-shirt and they see my arms say, oh, wow, you're not training anymore. Oh, you, you got married. <laughs> You've got family now. I said, actually, I'm stronger than I've ever been. Um, but even this, I had to stop this because even this was turning into obsession and addiction see mm. when you know yourself when you know your mind sometimes you have to take radical measures yeah. and um so to this day i haven't got a gym membership but i'm, I'm now doing body weight exercises and another thing i'm ex experimenting with is i'm i, I want to be able to do handstands and yeah. things like that uh, i'm doing a lot of, not a lot no only twice uh, 
sometimes three times a week, I do about 20 minutes of, of resistance training, which is dips, chin-ups, different variations, yeah. just of things, yeah. leg raises, any, everything that you can do outside on, on those bars and the monkey bars and all that. So I'm having a lot of fun exploring that as a boy, like a boy. But some morning I wake up and that boy inside of me, he wants to test his strength. Some morning he wants to swim. Some morning he wants to do some push-ups or wants to do sprints or running. Sometimes when I play with my children, I lift them up, you know, on my shoulders and I do some lunges or squats. Yeah. Even yeah. My, it's just fun now. The body is meant to be... The, the physical exercise is meant to be incorporating into our life. It's not just one isolated hour per day and when I feel bad, but I do it and then feel good about myself. So I'm just rediscovering my body now. I'm at the age of 35. <laughs> do you think that you'll always kind of have this metamorphosis uh, or kind of this push and pull with exercise throughout your life? Uh, I'm on, actually on a very, at a very solid place right now. I thought I would be, you know, like recovering addicts. Oh, you can never have another drink again. But I'm actually good the way I am. And I'm actually um, feeling great about what I'm now. And maybe in the future, when I get a bit older and start to lose muscle mass, I might get back to maybe twice a week do squats and deadlifts. Just, But I'll keep it yeah. that. Maybe not even that late. Maybe even before that. But I think, you know, for the last one year, I, I didn't have any urge and any pull to, to go to the gym. So I think the time is coming when I'll be able to handle even that with a lot more strength yeah. and grace. I think your philosophy towards activity with that is, is interesting. I would say it, it mimics a little bit how I see training mm. as it's almost seasons of your life. I very much approach training. I'm in a season where there's a lot of uh, mobility, stability, there's a lot of cardiovascular endurance, there's muscular strength endurance, there's a lot going on. Sometimes there's rowing, sometimes mm. there's swimming. And it all just depends on the season that I'm in. It's not necessarily a look I'm going for. It's just where I feel I'm at at this point. You know, I don't know what that means in the future. It could be very different. But it sounds you're kind of like that in a sense. Yes, and that's wonderful. Another crazy thing I did is I joined the boxing gym, you know, fear of confrontation and fear of another man and all that. And uh, and I, I can warn people against that because when you're dealing with that little boy inside of you, um, first, he needs to be brought out. He needs to know where he stands with you before you put him in the ring with another man. But right. when, you, when you've made peace with yourself, um, then it's good to test yourself uh, if you haven't as a boy. So I did that. What else did I do? I, I, I did a few things like that, that that were completely unlike me, people would mm-hmm. say, especially the swimming. Even today, my whole family, they can't believe I can swim because no, <laughs> none of the people in my family can swim. Anyway, yeah. it's crazy. But... You know, the, what you're saying, if you told me this five years ago, I was so rigid and I hated exercise, but I, I needed to have it in order to look good. So I remember once going, sitting somewhere in a waiting room, whatever, picking up a magazine and uh, reading about Jason Statham, the actor. Yeah. And uh, obviously he looks great. He's strong and all that. And reading about the way he trained. And he said, well, you know, some days I feel like doing free weights barbell some days i feel like the, and i was just outraged i said no way i'll ever do that <laughs> are you telling me that you don't have monday wednesday friday free weights and then cardio in like structured yeah yeah structure i it just drove me mad and yet looking at his body i, I just there was envy as well i was oh i wish i had the freedom that this man has mm. <laughs> yes. I mean, you you have that and that's that, that's just incredible that's how it's meant to be welcome to the intermission. What you've been hearing is openness and honesty and a deep dive into what makes us who we are on the inside. Have you shown strength to the person you are inside of you? Have you allowed that person to grow and to define who you are? versus the outward appearance that you think others want to see. Explore that. Wrestle with it. Grapple with it. And continue to grow. Check out the next side of the conversation with George Stoymanoff. How do you see that this is... I want to get to your work with men and stuff, but how do you see how this is 
um, manifesting itself in our social media culture and, and fitness and how people see themselves. Like, I feel like people are seeing people and going, look how strong this person is. Or look at all these acrobatic things this person. How do you think that affects people? Because it sounds like today we're more vain than ever about yeah. how we see ourselves. Do you notice that or how do you deal with that when you're talking with other people? Absolutely, yeah. And it's so sad. It's so sad. You know, back out in the old cultures and old societies, they had rituals, rites of passage to train the boys into manhood. Mm. It, it wasn't about how the boys looked. It was about they could do manhood. And it wasn't, of course, in many ways, they were quite cruel because if you didn't pass, you just didn't pass. But um, in many ways, that was great. The positive part of what I did, because it, uh, it offered them to see for themselves, oh, I can do it then. Because you take someone like me, I thought I could never uh, run, for example. I start running in the PE class and then I get a stitch. So I quit. And yeah. But if, if I had a father who had prepared me and started running with me, so when I get this stitch, he would be there, strong but kind and firm, saying, come on, son, you can do it, you can do it. And then once I break through my own limitations, oh, okay then. Then at school, I'll be totally different and I'll break new barriers. So we've lost that. We've lost the rites of passage. There's no, there's nothing like that anymore. So we're still stuck with the question, am I strong enough? Every man, mm. deep down, every boy wants to be strong. No matter what people say, he wants to, to have some form of, of heroism and physical ability to come through in terms of courage and in terms of rescuing or protection. It doesn't matter what it is. But when you come back to the original desire that is placed there for, from when that boy was a baby, of course, things get lost later, but it's there. You can see in the way boys play and everything is just there. And because we don't have the father now, we don't have the, it's not even about the dad. It's about the society where they have the community of men who can affirm this little boy. Say, okay, you come and join this circle or whatever it is. And uh, we'll put you through these things because you need him to become a man and you will do it. Now, when I was in that swimming pool with my friend, he actually pushed me. He, he not physically pushed me in the pool, but yeah. he actually pushed me beyond my limits. He said, no, no, come on. I went and did thing in the, um, an experience for men in the Scottish Highlands in the mountains because I wanted to be exposed and pushed beyond my limits by men who didn't even know me and they didn't even care about me. I came back physically and emotionally and spiritually lighter because I knew, wow, I didn't stop. When my, I had my back against the wall, I actually did it. And I always thought, oh, this is not for me. I didn't like the outdoors. I like the nightclubs. Yeah. Not because I had a choice, but because I knew I couldn't handle the outdoors. I couldn't handle that. But now I know I can. So society that doesn't give the answers to the little boy, the little boy grows up with that question. And it's still in many ways connected more to the feminine than the masculine. You know, mm. the, father, uh, the father archetype needs to mentor or a father or, or needs to come and almost like take you out of that world where you're so concerned about yourself and, you know, how much food you had and take you out in the mountain where you might be fasting and, and, and you know, killing animals to eat, whatever, whatever it right. is. Um, get you out of yourself to find yourself. We haven't got that. And now we still have the question, am I strong enough? Am I good enough? I see that in men, you wouldn't believe those men. When you look how masculine they are, like working on doors, and I've met some tough characters, like uh, working for the mafia back in Bulgaria. And... Um, They'll have a few drinks and suddenly I see them looking in the mirror, flexing their biceps to themselves, nobody else. And it's like, are you kidding me? You look like a beast. You're an MMA fighter. You, you've got these muscles, these tattoos. And you still try to find approval there. You still don't know if you really are strong enough or tough enough. Uh, very rarely though, but sometimes there are other types of men who actually have been affirmed. They might not have any muscles. They might not be big or mm. strong. They're the most polite type. They're silent. They're they look comfortable in their bodies and they, they, they look strong and confident. And it's like, wow, who would they rather be like? Like this guy who's <laughs> totally at peace or this huge guy who could crush you, but then he's just a little boy in a man's body. So um, that's where I think society is heading now. Well, how do you, so how do you help men currently to be the, the proper archetype of what a man is? And generally, like, what does it mean to be a man today? Yeah. There is an ancient, um, very old, well, not ancient. I'm not sure, exactly sure which century 
uh, English poet called uh, Samuel Robert Coleridge. Coleridge had this genius quote saying, let me get this right. Um, genius is taking the feelings of childhood into the powers of manhood. Now, to answer the question what a true man is, because, you know, back in the day, if you could fight and if you could chop wood and drive a car, you were a real man, um, which wasn't necessarily the case. And now, I don't know what it is now. <laughs> I don't think anyone does now. It's probably now if you could cry, then you're a real man, as long as you're not like before. So it's like this, this, this polarity, and it's, and it's mm. just horrible to watch. So courage, according to that, and, and I got this quote, and as soon as I saw it, I believed it with all my heart. Because it's like, when you look at a little boy, you don't need to tell him what to be when he grows up. You just need to provide him with the people and the opportunity and understanding to become that. Every little boy wants to be heroic in some wants to pursue a bigger mission, wants to protect and defend, also wants to love. It's not just, just yes. you know, fighting and, you know, slaying dragons. Any soldier can fight. But look at the, the heroes that little boys admire on the screen. Now, in my case, there was Zoro. There was also a, a revolutionary from the Bulgarian, um, from Ottoman Bulgaria called Vasil Levski. And when you, there's also a policeman from an old um, TV series about the Italian mafia called Octopus. So that mm. policeman, when you look at the three of them, I've obviously, I've explored that for years. Um, they look similar in many ways. Like not only do they have strength, they can draw out a sword or a gun, but also they've got a tenderness to them that mm. no woman could ever be afraid of that guy. No child could ever be intimidated. It's just the perfect, well-rounded man. Not perfect in terms of without flaws, but in terms of being able to have the full rounded, the full circle of emotions and express them freely. He could cry. He could fight. He could hug his friend. He could kiss his girlfriend. And, his, and he could love a child. He wasn't deprived of anything. And when look at us, all of us, we're broken. It's a broken world. You know, Ernest Hemingway said, the world breaks us. Um, mm. But afterwards, many are strong in the broken places. So, so to me, the taking the feelings of childhood, looking into the boy's eyes and saying, yes, yes. And if I had boys, I would have to examine my heart very, 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 very deeply to see if I'd be able to affirm those boys. But it's not just me, it's other men as well. And it's answering the questions of the boy. Yes, yes, you are this man, but now you need to be trained to become a man. Yes. Yeah. I was reading. Yeah. Anyway, so I think for me, a, a full, well-rounded man, a, a real man, is someone who had been developed in his in his original desires as a child. Hmm. In the in kind of the the heroism, but also the tenderness as well. Yes. I think sometimes that men are well, at least, at least when I was growing up, it was I'm 41, and it was this sense of like men are strong. Men don't show a lot of emotion, you yeah. know, you're the stoic character, you know, like I grew up on like the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, you know, these right, really tough yeah. dudes. You yeah. see them on TV and they're like, they're ripped, you know, and you want to be strong, but you don't always see these, these men who are these tender men. But if you were shown somebody who was more tender, at least back like in the 80s, that person was shown to be like, not a man, more a weaker version of a man. And, and I yeah. think that hopefully we're changing that because I think there is a lot of men that want to be sensitive. They yes. want to be tender, that they're afraid of the backlash of what that yeah. means for, you know. This is changing now. But again, um, as an observer who always tries to take a step back, I think history will repeat itself, unfortunately. Oh, interesting. What I mean is when you look at, for example, take my country, Bulgaria. We we had a form of we had monarchy, and then because we're aligned with Hitler, even though we you know our king didn't really like Hitler, it's a very interesting story. But they were called fascists by the communist opposition and and by everyone who had interest. So now we we don't want fascism. We took them down and we mm -hmm. we brought communism. So we got rid of communism after 50 years of suffering. And right now in Bulgaria, which is the most uh, you know, when you look at the Balkans, is is one of I think it's the only place in the Balkans that actually saved the Jewish population. So we never had any anti-Semitism. We never had any any real form of of 
that we, you know, I grew up around gypsies. And so I, we never, it doesn't run that deep in us. Not because we're better than others, just because where we are geographically. You can't afford to be a racist when you're surrounded by all these different, <laughs> when you grow up with them. It just, right, it just right. doesn't happen. So, but now it's a funny thing in the last 20 years, we have right-wing groups and they're growing. And it's the backlash against communism because they hate the Bolsheviks and they hate this and that. And, and that's legitimate, just like the communism, the communist hatred of, of Nazism was legitimate. So what happens is, where are we in between? Just the pendulum swings. So I think with men, we see, we're seeing something similar. Now, we hated our fathers and grandfathers so much because of what they deprived of us, like that real tenderness and that, that just ability to cry and, and, and be gentle. And now we've rejected them completely, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So right now, more and more men are talking about being sensitive, and I'm all for it. Unless a man is open to his emotions, I can't work with them. I, I really can't. I only yeah. work with men who are broken enough to say, okay, I, I want more. But I don't leave them there. And I think if you leave it to the world, the world would rather disarm men and leave them there because the world hated, obviously, the men of the past. They look at what they did to the planet, you know, totally insensitive, totally, no, we're conquerors and that's what we do. Men fight, men conquer, and that's it, to the expense of everyone and everything else. But now, I think the world, because of that, wants to turn us all into just sensitive, just crying, sharing emotions. And then my question is, when my wife feels weak and is falling apart, if I'm falling apart together with her, who are we going to lean to? Mm. So... I think there's a place for sensitivity, especially in, in, in groups, in brotherhood, where I've got three, no, two very close friends that I can cry with them all the time. Yeah. Apart from the crying I do on my own, of course. <laughs> but, yeah. um, uh, but apart from that, there's something to be said about men still keeping that strength and adding the emotions instead of excluding the strength and now just having emotions. So in the past, it was like, Excluding the emotions, just getting the strength. Pick up that gun and go fight for your country. Don't yeah. cry. Don't be mama's boy. And then they, that's how the boys were raised. But then you see what that did. And now it's the other way. Pick up that emotions and leave the gun behind. You're just going to be that now. You're just going to be emotional. You don't want to be like that bad guy who raised you. So it's no. The full rounded man, the real man who is in the heart of every boy needs more than that. We need to hold on to strength. Because there's a good value in that. Not everything is bad about the past. Just like... Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like when you said... I had a reaction when you said, oh, I think we'll just repeat the past. And I was like, how? And then when you started talking about it, I was like, yeah. When you swing the pendulum too far in one direction, it often swings back hard to that other direction. It doesn't yes. often swing to the middle. It swings back far back to the lack of emotion and yeah. the strength. Yeah, there's so many men now, they're talking about, no, men must be men. They'll never take this away from us in an almost <laughs> militant way. And right. it's kind of scary because, you know, if you're a boy growing up and you see men who are just, they're not, they're not bad, man. They're not hurting anyone, but they don't have any direction. They, they, they don't have any big mission. They don't have any warrior spirit. And then you have that, that right wing, if you will, people who will give you direction strength, mm -hmm. belonging, you're one of us, you're a brother, we fight together. And mm -hmm. um, if you haven't got a father, where do you go? Well, you see why people join gangs, you see why the, the Hitler movement and all that, you know, because pe men will want to be strong. So if we become too weak, the next generation of men will probably gonna be strong, not in a good way, like in Nazi Germany. Nazi yeah. Germany was decapitated, they had no father, they had no leader, and then he came. And he wasn't good, and many people knew it, but boy, was he strong. And boy, did they have a direction. And then, of course, a bad father is better than a, you know, the no father. And a, and we're strong at least. Okay, yeah, we're strong. And that's better than, than just being nobody, I guess. <laughs> wow. So we don't want that to happen. I mean, there's a lot of layers here, honestly. And what's interesting is I think I talk to a lot of people. Well, one I see, like, if you look on, like, a lot of podcasts these days, there's a lot of female empowerment and helping women, you know, grow and stuff like that. I think it's great. But there's yeah. not a lot about men and men's growth. And at least just what I see in like podcasts. I see a lot of business podcasts, a lot of podcasts about and female empowerment. I don't often see or hear the discussion about growing men. And I wonder why that is, why that is not an area that is like, when, that was attractive to me when you came to me about this. 
was like, oh, we're not talking about this enough. I would love to talk about that, you know. Yeah, I guess because uh, because of what happened when men were powerful. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> because of the abuse of power, because of taking yeah. uninitiated, unfathered boys, not dealing with anything in their soul that wasn't right, just giving them power. Yeah, good luck. And yeah. even now, there are people who go about talking about men should be strong again, but not. I, I wouldn't say again because we've mm. never been we've never been fully inhabiting our masculinity and oppressing women so they haven't been fully inhabiting their femininity so i think it's not about again it's not about going back it's just about not losing everything that was good as we go ahead and we should be powerful just like women should be powerful yeah totally. one shouldn't exclude the other yeah i totally agree i think i think it's an interesting time like i have a daughter and you have daughters and mm-hmm. i often think if i had a son how would i how would I grow that person so they would be a man? Like, what does that mean? I, you know, I, I'm not going to know that. I'm not having any other children. But I know that I can affect other men that I talk to and 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 learn about their their past, you know, and how that little boy was fostered inside of them negatively or positively, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing. Now I'm, I remember, you know, years ago, I, I had to step out and confront people. Because before I would just hide. And my mentor, he really pushed me through it. I remember one time, because I did a lot of work with young people, mm-hmm. um, someone had snuck in a guest. And they were teenagers. They weren't even dangerous. They did drugs. But but I guess for me, it reminded me of my past. And suddenly, I was 10 years old again. Suddenly, I couldn't go and tell them, guys, you need to turn the music down. And, you know, your guests need to go. Uh, suddenly, I couldn't do it. So I texted my my friend and my mentor. And he said, George... I'm feeling very strong, and he's been very kind to me. He's not that, you know, that type of macho man, and he's yeah. he's uh, he's my father's age. I feel very strong that you need to go and do it now. Trust me, go and do it. And I just, after half an hour, just feeling shaky, I went and I did it. And uh, and the guys respected me, but something in me, that little boy said, oh. So I am strong enough. They do take me serious. I can confront again. And a few times I had to confront people in a different way. And um and and. Ever since I regained that ability, no, no, I can speak my mind and other men can respect me. I became, uh, the, I wouldn't say the kindest man, but but certainly I've never been in like in a better place in terms of relating to other people. I've never been better with other people. I've never been more loving to other people. Mm. Before I was too busy protecting myself from them. What are they going to see? Oh, why is he looking at me this way? Oh, look, he doesn't like me. I must make him like me. And now it's like people find me very loving now, even though I haven't, even when I don't say much to them, just just the way I try to accommodate them. And it's because I know deep down that they're not a threat. That deep down mm. that little boy knows, oh yeah, I'm strong. I can now live. So it's, that little boy, first the question must be answered. Am I strong? Am I going to able to be heroic if I have to? So so then when, when that question is answered and it takes years for people like me and taking that inner journey, then that little boy can relax and you can get on with your life without losing the little boy and being childlike, but also strong. Being you know, when you look at me and my daughters now, people say, oh, well, people who know my story say, you don't yeah. have the problems that your father did, like in terms of hugging them and kissing. And uh, well, no, but that's not because I hate him and I want to be different. It's because I've done the work to reclaim those lost yes. emotions. Yes. that I've heard that so many times on this podcast was like, I've done the work. I've mm-hmm. done, I think people sometimes it's, it's difficult to do the work because we want to fast forward our lives to where things are better for yeah. us. You know, it was, oh, I just want to be better now. It's kind of like I was listening to this uh, comedian and he was saying like, well, you know, life's kind of like Amazon Prime. We just want Prime now. We want things yeah. ordered and we want it sent to us within two hours. We don't want to work for it type of thing. But you did the work and that's what changed. Mm, yeah. You know, so I think, well, one, I was fascinated by too, like when you started changing, let's say you stopped exercising the way you were. How did that affect your friendships with the other men who were exercising the way you were exercising? Like you're all gym guys, you know, did, did those relationships change because of that? Well, it all happened in a transition time when I was moving from one town to another. Okay. So uh, things were changing for me anyway. Okay. And uh, I just had a baby, my first daughter. So um, things were expected to change. And I guess I just used that... Um, not crazy time to make some inner changes as well. So it didn't affect me in any way. 
any relationship and i i lost some relationship anyway in terms of mm-hmm. my old bulgarian friends some of them we don't talk that much some of them we talk more like not as frequent but that was going to happen anyway um mm. so in that respect no no i don't think i ever I, I ever surrounded myself with those guys i think by the time i started i started doing the gym here i was already so aware of myself mm-hmm. i was already so shut down so um unable to express myself i was already so miserable i knew things were not right with that inside of me and i used to call my friends in bulgaria and saying you know what and i i had addiction like sexual addiction as well like porn addiction Mm -hmm. and i used to talk to them and and my friends say but what's wrong with that what's wrong with like watching some porn Mm. and i say well not when you're trying to you know depends what needs you're feeling inside of you you know so so i'm i'm sort of isolated and that's good sometimes a man needs to go in the wilderness and stay there for Mm. years which is what I did. So I didn't actually lose much, to be honest. Oh, very interesting. You know, I always hear stories of people that because they were changing, they kind of, maybe sometimes the friends didn't understand that they were changing and they and they lost the friendships because of that, because their worlds became too drastically different from each other. That that's yeah. what caused the breakage in those relationships, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And if I wasn't abroad, if I if everything about me was the same, it would have been exactly the same. Yeah. But how was your been... how was your change and how was your kind of masculinity and how you see yourself affected your um, relationship with your significant other? Oh, great, great! It's an amazing journey that we've been through. Uh, actually, I'm writing a series of articles about my fitness journey. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to dig up old photos when I was all puffed up and big. <laughs> and, and so we laughed. We're just looking at them. We were laughing again. I said, oh, George, do you remember how, you know, how puffed up you were? Um, but great because my wife, she's amazing. And she's she's pushed me into a lot of change. She's She didn't put up with a lot of my addictions, with a lot of my mm-hmm. behavior. She, she sees deep through people. She's got a very, very amazing calling on her life. She just sees through people. And she said, what you're feeling right now, it's not about me. It's about your mom. So go deal mm. with it. I don't want to. So she had the guts as well. Because if I got angry, yeah. you know, never been pretty. But uh, you, you, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Women need to be powerful. Because if yes, she was yes. some, some subdued person who I've been, you know, keeping under my thumb, then she would never have ha- had the guts and the ability to help me. And she would never be blossoming the way she is now, even with two kids that are actually, you know, taking all her time. So um, she's, she sees in me what, what I could be. And she said, you know, I always thought you shouldn't be big. I always thought this, hmm. you know, this your, your, your real self has a different body. And now... After I started doing the bodyweight exercises and doing my push-ups every now and again, now she said, this is a lot, you're getting a lot closer to who you actually really are for your bone structure, for your muscles. But it's funny, you need to find yourself inwardly and then do the work through your body, including finding strength in my glutes. <laughs> even when I did the deadlift, even when I did all the squat and I got stronger, my there was that little feeling every now and again would come back, the, the back pain. And I think the missing link after finding the, the stretching of the hip flexors was actually strengthening my glutes. And even that, my wife said, there's a lot of strength in, in that muscle in the, and you never had a chance to develop it. Because as you know, you know, you squat with the barbell, mm-hmm. you still, if, if, if your, your body is that way or this way, if your quads are stronger, then they're going to take on the, the load. So you grow, exactly. but not with proportions. So I had to find and do awkward yoga type exercises at home. It was so funny. But when she was watching me grow in this way, she said, yeah, yeah, you're finding yourself. This is you now. And especially now doing more public things like this and meetings and speaking in front of people. I feel good in my body now. It's not perfect. Things are not, And I don't certainly I don't look I don't even look like I work out, I guess. I just I'm OK, but I feel great. I, I feel good. That's amazing. Sorry. You know, what's interesting is I think sometimes men think that women want them to look huge like that they want to be this big masculine guy and i've often seen that with with women like they don't really care about that they're not Mm -hmm. really into that i know like i've been married for 15 years and i think my wife cares like if i was like huge or like i was a super ripped guy i'm just my size and like i work with what i have and i enjoy it and i change and i grow and i experiment 
but she never been like, oh, I wish you were like your biceps were bigger. You know, it's mm. like <laughs> they don't. She never says that. I don't ever met anybody who's really said that in my life. You know, like, but I think men think we have to project this strength, this outward strength of like this big barreled chest guy. You know, with the big arms, like you said, the show muscles. We have to look strong, even if we're very weak. You know? Yes, yes, because we don't know that we have it. If you don't know, you keep adding more muscle in hope. Hey, I'm finding myself. I'll find myself. It's um, it's sad, but there is a way out. And I love that quote. It's it's an amazing thing. Find your size that you just said. It's a wonderful quote. You need to find your size. You can't be yeah. as big as so and so or as so uh, because maybe you never were meant to be. Never you exactly. Maybe I was never meant. I'm a tiny guy. I was never meant to be huge. Could I become bigger? Sure, but I don't think that that was meant to be that way. You know, I'm just very slender, yeah. and I have to accept myself for what I am. And sometimes people don't want to accept that. And I but think also, gym culture is different like that. You know. Yes, and also developing yourself. Because, okay, you know, some people, maybe they have huge bones and they're huge. Yeah. Maybe they, they need to develop that in certain ways or not allow their body fat to rise to, to a percentage. Or, or just become, you know, just develop some of their strengths. So for my body type, what are the natural things that, that, that I would gra- gravitate toward if they hadn't been stolen from me? Mm. Now, for me, swimming was one thing that was stolen from me. So now I'm getting it back. Also, martial arts. I did some boxing. And it's funny because I was quite big when I first started. You know, yeah. um, I never thought I could throw a punch. That's the wound of my childhood. You're weak. You're weak. You can't fight. You don't have the the power. And so I, I worked with this guy, this trainer guy. And he said, and I was 90 kilos at the time. And he said, yeah. it's funny. You're heavy. You're a big guy. But when you move, you don't look that big. And And that remained with me. To, to this, I'm thinking, hmm, could it be that the book that I've been adding is just hindering my inner self who actually wants to be wild and to throw some punches and to, to, and to test his strength? So um, it, it's incredible. I was always meant to do something like that, something yeah. martial, something to, to test myself and my strength, but I was never meant to do it with all that bulk on me. Yeah, I think and, that it's, it's kind of a metaphor for life. It's a discovery, you know, and through yeah. exercise, if you allow yourself you can be, you can experiment, you can discover what fits you versus what society says you should be. Make gains, get big, you know, be strong. But what does that mean? I think I'm going to remember from this conversation is, am I strong? Mm-hmm. And what does that actually mean? Because it sounds like is, am I strong? Is the little boy inside me strong? Yeah. Yeah. You know. And it talk, talks about spiritual strength. It talks about... Yeah courage to 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 have defiance in your soul to stand up for what is good this is strength when you look at the the heroes of history when you look at even the heroes on the screen that we used to admire most of them haven't even got huge muscles yeah but they have strong spirits and when you have a strong spirit you can build up your body in ways i started taking cold showers i started taking swimming in the sea here in the winter up until December, and it was scary for me, but I thought I had to do it. Everything changed. My metabolism changed. Everything changed. Even the weight loss is so naturally. Also fasting. I did a few fasts uh, for like three days. I just had water. Yeah. And, uh, and it was that, am I strong? Can I make it? And I made it. And because uh, I was addicted to many things, including chocolate and food, comforting myself yeah. with, with food. And after the, the second time, no, after the third time I did three-day fast, the last day was so hard in the afternoon, but when I made it, something broke inside of me in, in terms of addiction to food. Mm-hmm. The next day I got up, I felt such peace in my head, such peace in my body, and I, I, didn't, I didn't have these shaking hands, I need to eat. I was like, okay, what shall I eat now? What shall I enjoy? But something spiritual has loosened its hold on me. It's like, no, no, I'm no longer that little boy who's depending on the milk to get the milk. No, no, I'm a man now. And I, I did it. I went through the challenge. Now I'm going to eat on my terms. I can wait. I'll drive home and eat. I don't need to grab something here uh, on the road. So is that, am I strong? It's a spiritual question. It's nothing to do with the body. We still try to find it through bodybuilding, but actually isn't there. Man, that's powerful. Because I think when some, when people listen to this, I'm going to title it, Am I Strong? Because I, <laughs> I think it's so appropriate. And I think somebody's going to read that title and go, Oh man, it's gonna be all about exercise, and we're gonna. How do I get big? I'm like, no, no, don't think about that. It has nothing to do with that. Am I strong? 
in a lot of different ways. George, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to your story. I really have. I mean, you're an interesting guy to me. Very interesting. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm glad that we got the chance to uh, uh, to have this conversation. And I know that it's going to help quite a bit of people. And uh, so thank you for um, reaching out and for taking the time to do this. Oh, I loved it too. Really Don't get it. I loved it. I could we we two could talk all day, and I'd love to just stay in touch with you. Yeah, let's definitely stay in touch, and I'll be in touch certainly as I let you know when this episode releases, and we'll share it like crazy and let a bunch of people hear it, and uh, we'll go from there. Mm, yeah, sounds good. Thank you for your time, George. I'll be in touch. All right, bud. Thanks so much for All having right. me. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Bye.